Hello, hello, Bonsai friends. This is Evan Pardue of Underhill Bonsai, and welcome to episode 44 of Little Things for Bonsai People, the podcast. Uh, today, I am just opening up for this episode just to tell you guys that this is the second part of the previous episode that was uh, released last week where I was covering watering with Carmen, and then we were going to continue on into bonsai as a career on this episode. So this episode was broken up into two pieces because me and Carmen got really into the topic and uh, ranted on for a couple of hours. So just to keep things digestible, we've chosen to break it up. Uh, before we get started with the rest of the episode, I'm going to mention that the podcast is sponsored by our amazing patrons, Head on over to uh, Patreon forward slash little things for bonsai people to become a bonsai best bud. And uh, without the support of all the people listed here, we would not be able to make this show possible. And also some of the goodies that are coming in the near future. Uh, start the list off with Tori Solis, Vicky Auth, Warehouse Rat, Boyd Snellgrove, Ricky Ruins, Joshua Bentley, Snappy Chappers, Ryan Giordano, Joel Jenkins, Justin Knight, Backyard Bonsai Australia, Green Witch Gardens, Taylor Peacock, Chase Pertweet, Austin Atkins, Karen Coswell. I'm pretty sure I've been saying this one wrong every episode. Uh, Un, is it Unryu in? Unryu in Bonsai Garden, which is, from my understanding, that's in Australia as well. Uh, Luis Torres, AC Castle, and Boneside Marine. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring the show and helping us grow. And if it, like I said, if it wasn't for y'all, we wouldn't be able to continue to do weekly content for y'all. Thank y'all so much. Uh, the patrons also have a really cool little Discord chat, little group that they developed where we're doing the, the cutting challenge that was mentioned in an earlier episode. Also, we have tree critiques. We have a couple of tree critiques I know that we need to visit but we just keep on finding more and more things to talk about. So we're just adding more things to the queue. So if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have all these great listener questions, great tree critiques and all this other stuff going on that's coming down the pipeline. Uh, and then I also need to mention every single episode, don't want to fail to mention Matt O'Donnell, our editor. He is located in Nashville, Tennessee. He is an audio engineer and he also plays bass. He's really good guy. He cleans up our, our show. He makes it sound really great. If you're interested in working on a project with Matt, you can head over to mattodonnell.com, O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L.com. And you can fill out a contact form to start on your own project with Matt. Um, so a couple of announcements before we get into the second part of the episode. Uh, new, new, this is brand new. Uh, this is old new old news so in the past we've done some t-shirts there are still a couple of designs like there's the original logo design and also a a uh a design on mike's website uh, over at ketsunebonsai.com of a hands holding a, a sapling like a seedling coming out um but you can still purchase those over at his website but i have gone through and i have printed high quality little things for bonsai people shirts. They're going to be pocket shirts, like pocket tees with a little pocket on the right side. Um, and they're going to be printed on, or they're already at the time of this recording, they are pretty much ready. I just have to find a way to push them out so that they can be purchased online. Um, our bonsai buds have full access to this already. We have a couple of pre-orders and if you would like to see some of the shirts. If you're a fan of the show and you're not interested in becoming a patron, but you would love a shirt, you can email me at evan at underhillboneside.com. Um, the t-shirts are going to be black and white. The white design has the little things for boneside people logo on the pocket in the front. And then on the back, it has the under construction boneside logo that I've, I've ran in the past. It's a very exclusive logo. A good friend of mine created the, the, image her name is uh tiffany nisbet she is located in austin texas she is currently an art instructor and um and functional pottery maker over in that area she is well studied she graduated with her master's in art so one of the best art schools in the south here so yeah 
uh, I would say go over to Tiffany Nisbet's uh, website, check out her stuff. She's even shown some of her pieces in the New York Museum of Art. Um, it's pretty awesome. Um, we're lucky to, to have her have done that design. I'm good friends with her, so it's really cool. And then the uh, the black shirt that we have is going to also have the Little Things for Bonsai People logo on the front, on the pocket, and on the back. It has a little windspool uh, design, kind of like a, a simple line drawing of a, of a tree that's been stumped with a little twig sticking out the top with nice big bold letters on the back. So everybody knows, uh, and it says... I went to a bonsai workshop and all I got was this stump. And as a joke, as an inside joke amongst other bonsai practitioners, when we go to bonsai workshops and we get to work with someone like a bonsai professional or master that we've been looking forward to working with, and we bring a tree we thought has a lot of promise. And then the best solution that they can come up with is to cut it down into a two to three inch stump and they say, grow it out. It'll be really good one day. We pro I promise you from this point, this will be good. And it's always, it's always seemed like a kind of a chest fallen, uh, uh, reaction, but let's make uh let's get, let's make light out of it and make, make a little, uh, quirky shirt that you can wear around your bonsai buddies. And it's a great conversation piece starter. And for those who don't know bonsai, then you can explain to them the, the grievances and the process art that is bonsai. Um, so yeah, those, those shirts are going to be, uh, really high quality. They're printed on comfort colors, brand shirts. They're very thick. They last a long time. A friend of mine has printed them for me. He is, uh, he has his own brand called unhallowed designs. You can go over to unhalloweddesigns.com and go check out Jonathan's His name's Jonathan Wagner. Uh, go check out his designs and the shirts he has available. My shirts will be $30 a piece um for both the black or the white designs and they are screen printed so after multiple washes the logos and the prints will not come off they won't crack they won't stretch they won't shrink high quality shirts love love comfort colors i have uh, quite a few shirts that i've gotten from other events and and businesses and bands that i like with with these shirts are great really great quality um if anyone is not aware of nationals there's going to be in the united states here is the eighth national bonsai expo it's going to be in rochester new york it's going to be september 9th and 10th i will be there i will be presenting my water elm uh clump style broom thing it's just kind of a naturalistic approach to uh, the species but also there will be a lot of other amazing trees to see there i've heard that there's somewhere near 300 entries probably even more uh, that includes Cusimono plantings. That includes amazing bonsai stands made by Japanese and European and American bonsai craftsmen. I mean, the works were the bonsai professionals out the wazoo demonstrations uh, throughout the day, a banquet dinner with a words award ceremony. If you're not already signed up, then you, if you're close enough, you might be able to fetch yourself a ticket. I would go up highly recommended if you have a chance for those that are going, um, you know, that the vendor area is rocking. There's always some really awesome vendors there. Um, I know that the, uh, the professional potter from California can't remember his name. Uh, I know his, wait, I know his first name is now, uh, he had a, a pot in, in the show at the last one, the seventh, uh, the seventh national show somebody showed a tree and it was in one of now's pots and it won best deciduous tree. So he's kind of a hot commodity now, but he does make very awesome Japanese American pottery. I would check him out. Uh, if you're at the show and you're going to go to the vendor area, that's one of the first places I would go. He's probably going to sell out quick. Uh, Sarah Rayner's also really, really good uh, bonsai potter. She will be there as well. Same ordeal. I would run over to Sarah Rayner's after going to now's. Uh, there's also a lot of other really awesome vendors going to be there as far as tools, pots, wire, uh, all the accessories you can think of, bone size stands, accent pieces. Uh, I've seen beautiful sculpted bronze casts of of all kinds of little accent creatures and critters you can display alongside your tree. If you go to Nationals and you're inspired to show a tree, you could probably show a tree that you bought from the vendor area the previous show. Um, I've bought, I think two, th two trees from, from the vendor area 
uh, two years ago. I've got one that I've kept personally, I've, I've kept up personally myself, and I wouldn't be shy to show it. It's an excellent little piece of material, and there's usually some good prices and good bargains on some of these trees. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, and then I want to also mention again, we had Laurent Darrow. Um, he was on one of our previous episodes, I think probably about three or four. Uh, this is this is a second part of an episode. It's probably five episodes ago. You can look at it in our backlog. Um, but we had Laurent on and Mike interviewed him. And he will be here in the United States for all of our our uh, United States listeners. He will be in Florida starting in September, mid-September, mid-September. So he'll start in Fort Myers in, on the 14th. He's going to travel through up to St. Petersburg into uh, Okla, uh, Okla uh, the, the, the capital of Florida. I'm butchering all these names. Uh, D-Lind, um, um, Melbourne, and then he will move on to New England. He's going to go into Boston, Massachusetts. Um, he's going to be there September 23rd all the way through till looks like he's going to be there till the 1st of October. And then he's going to be handed off to me over here in Louisiana. I'm going to have Laurent for about nine days. I will be hosting two one-on-one -on -one workshops with him. You can go over to underhillbonesaistore.com. Uh, forward slash workshops if you're in the local area in Louisiana. I know I have some people coming in from Texas as well to attend this workshop. It's a great thing to do. Um, and then he's going to be over to going over to California to do a couple of private studies. And he's going to go up to Seattle, Washington to go hang out at the Pacific Bonsai Museum with, with uh, David Grout. And then he will end up at Bonsai Mirai eventually. And I just say this is a once in a might be a once in a lifetime type of thing. Uh, it's really difficult for bonsai professionals to travel like this. Lawrence from France. This is his first time traveling to the United States, and I highly recommend if you're near somewhere where you can catch him for a workshop or just to meet him and just maybe get to like stand and watch his demonstration if he's doing a demonstration somewhere. Excellent guy. I highly recommend checking it out. His uh, Burton style is really really awesome. Very. Uh, very cutting edge and new new age bonsai and what to expect in the future. Um, and then over here in Louisiana, if I've got any other Louisianians that are listening, uh, the Louisiana Day of Bonsai is going to be September 30th. So that's going to be like right in the middle of the Laurent stuff that I was just announcing. We've got a lot of bonsai stuff happening. Oh, and here I'm going to have one extra bonsai event happening. It's going to be over in New Iberia, which is, that's like, down south we're talking cajun music zydeco music uh more like um just just cajun uh what would you say okay uh, it's it's like it's like cajun world i guess bayou uh bayous and uh and alligators and zydeco music is what you can expect to hear um and so it's going to be louisiana day of bone size so they do this every year they just kind of change hands which club's going to do it but uh jennifer price is going to be the featured artist at this particular convention so if you're in the local area come check it out it's gonna be a great time um i've been offered to do a couple of workshops i think i'm doing winged elms or no i'm doing water elms i'm sorry uh more details on that will come in the future you can check out my facebook and also our instagram underhill bonsai instagram and also my little things for bonsai people instagram for that and then for uh next year we have a we have a show coming up it's going to be called bonsai central it's another show in the states another convention um it's going to be may 3rd and 5th that's going to be 2024 in st louis missouri this is just it's like another nationals it's like another uh, American Bonsai Society convention that I went to earlier in the year in Denver. Um, this show is going to feature Bjorn Bjornholm, Tyler uh, Sirod, uh, Maria uh, Heidek, Andrew Robson, Young Cho, and Mario Simberger. This, I mean, talk about an all-star cast of just bonsai professionals, Young Cho being custom, the only Cosimono professional in the United States that's traveling and teaching the way she is. Uh, I've seen Young Cho personally and actually have had 
had the uh, the honor of her critiquing one of my Cosimono uh, while I was in show in Denver. She's a really sweet lady. Uh, but yeah, all these other professionals are awesome. Excellent people. Uh, Marja is somebody I'm really looking forward to meeting. She's an excellent bonsai artist from uh, from from the Europe areas. I think it's Croatia. Uh, awesome, awesome. Maria Stenberger, of course, everybody knows. Andrew Robson, Pacific Northwest, trained under Michael Hagedorn, met him myself as well. He's a great guy. Bjorn, everybody knows who Bjorn is. And Tyler Sternrod, uh, just another amazing bonsai artist working over on the um, on the the Atlantic coast. So I see that there's going to be a best in show. There's a call for, there's awards for best in shows, cash money crisis for best in show. Um, there's a call for trees. You can submit trees. Um, you need to include your name and contact information, two to four photos of your tree and a brief description of your tree. Um, and then there's their look, their slogan, bringing the best to the Midwest. I will be at this show as well. I will be presenting a tree or two, depending on the size of the crowd and the number of trees submitted. I will also be vending at the show. So I'll be selling various underhill bonsai merchandise, including uh, a lot of stuff that I deal with here. So I expect to, to see a lot of bald cypress yamadori from me and other Louisiana native and Southeast native plants. Um, but yeah, that's this is a busy time of the year. So uh, if we sound tired or if things are getting a little stretched with the show, just keep in mind that a lot of traveling is about to happen. I'm going to be on the road next week traveling to the national show to present my tree and also meet up with Carmen. And me and Carmen are going to be meeting up with a few of the bonsai best buds that I've been told will be at the show. We'll be hanging out, taking a few photos and uh, showing off basically the environment of the national show. It's a great show. Um, and me and Carmen are going to do a little walkthrough. We'll try to get some video footage of us exploring the, the venue and the vendors and just whatever happens. Uh, I'll be driving 20 hours. So I've got plenty of time to, to kind of, you know, dink around and, and do my thing. Uh, so, but the next episode that we have in the queue after, after this, I'm hoping to sit down with Randy Bennett. Um, just an old master of, of bald cypress bone side down here in Southeast Louisiana was trained by Von Banting and worked alongside Guy Gidry, worked with John Naka, worked with Ben Oki whenever they would pass through. Uh, he's, uh, he's always been a strong figurehead in the, the greater New Orleans bonsai society. So man's been in the, in the bonsai game for 30 plus years, very knowledgeable, very experienced. Uh, and especially in the old school and bringing into the, the new age of, of just, Southeast bonsai and the flat top bald cypress styles, which he's he's writing a book on, which is amazing. So can't wait to sit down and have that conversation and present that episode to you guys. It's, I mean, it's this is where my heart is with the the Louisiana and and the the bald cypress flat top design bonsai trees. Um, so and uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of this 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 episode of me and Carmen talking about bonsai as a career. Uh, catch you guys on the flip side. Um, so anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about, um, about nursery stuff real quick. Um, okay. As far as breaking into nursery managing and, uh, cause I, I know one of our bonsai best buds has recently taken on to work at a bonsai nursery, uh, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Um, and I will, I will stress this working at a bonsai nursery at a functional one is pretty rare. Um, not gonna i'm not trying to toot my horn about anything but like working at i'll do it for you <laughs> working at one is not something you just go do um as far and trust me me and carmen and mike know this very well that when you step into the world of bonsai and you're like i'm gonna make a career out of this yeah. there's there's not like 
there isn't a bonsai nursery out there waiting with you, waiting for you that says now hiring. That is my very favorite, rare. <laughs> my favorite, I was thinking about this this morning, was when people go, oh, your job must be so relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely the most relaxing job. <laughs> my job security makes me just ride around on cloud nine all the time. <laughs> I'm so chill and zen all the time. Yeah. Now, uh, if you are seeking zen and don't do meditation, yeah. Don't. I mean, you, we we get into these conversations with Mike. You do get past that point of the stress and the worry yeah. and the oh, there's definitely times where I'm totally zenning out doing when you thing, go into but... a flow. Flow is achievable in bonsai, so yeah. um, we're not naysayers in like don't do it because you know. But if you are oh, going to all. work at a bonsai nursery, if you're going to manage a works uh, manage a bonsai nursery, do not <laughs> do that. For any kind of <laughs> don't do, do this job. It's no, very it's, hard. <laughs> it, it it is very hard, but also there, so there, there's a lot of takeaways. Yeah, there, there's a lot of takeaways from this. Um I would say if you want to work at a bonsai nursery and you get that opportunity, by the way, bonsai best bud that got it. Um sorry, I I'm just kind of going through it. Uh, but you know who you are. He knows who what he did. Um, he knows what he's yeah, chosen. Yeah. So yeah, you can go in and if you get that job, that's amazing. I'm very happy for people who are able to pursue this mm-hmm. um, and make a career out of this. It is a very unique way to make a living, kind of, and it feels like it almost feels like you're making a living under the radar because there's no there's no textbooks. I mean, uh, from under the radar, you're not under the right. You're not. You're off the map. You're off the grid when it comes to careers. Cause there's no map. There's no how to, there's no like running a bonsai nursery for idiots, uh, guide that was written like in the nineties. Like there was none of that. Um, there's just passed down experiences from other people who've done bonsai. Number one reason why a lot of people are going to Japan right now and training and getting apprenticeships, uh, AKA Carmen's doing that right now. So she has a good grasp on it. Um, but I'm not in Japan, but, but not in Japan, but but, Arguably, so, Michael is giving a very good representation of apprenticeship, yeah. apprenticeship in America. Absolutely. Um, so there is a takeaway from that. Uh, it's just you know, if you get a job as a as a bonsai employee at a at a nursery, um, it will be different from if you were to be a nurseryman at a regular nursery, which that's not a very difficult job to get. Um, in fact, one of the people that work at Underhill uh, is he came from a regular plant nursery and his expectations of plants are just that it's just a, you know, he was used to selling foliage plants, unique plants, exotic plants was where he came from. So he was, he was a good, he was, he was kind of a shoe in for somebody who I needed to just be there and have a good enough understanding to sell a plant to somebody and, you know, get them at least in the right direction where they'll, keep the plant alive and we won't lose customers because you know some some of the trendiness in the in the plant world and plant culture can be a little uh in you know a little toxic and a little just not correct sometimes mm-hmm. it depends on what field you work in in the plant world plant nurseries are drastically different from a plant store like a pop-up kind of store oh yeah uh, totally. so you know, you could go in there and no, no offense to anybody who gets into like the trendy side of, and trendy is kind of like a derogatory term for it, but trendy. there is like, yeah. Pop oh, bonsai, pop houseplants, hooray, it's, Instagram. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's impermanent, you know, like it is, and it's, it, it is very pop. It's very pop culture. Um, I know for a little while when we had uh, COVID and we had, the scare where everybody was staying home all the time and they were like, what am I going to do? And foliage plants, potted plants became very, very popular. Um, and so there's that one Monstera that's selling for like $400. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me? It's a four inch plant. I yeah. don't want to spend four. But if anybody has a cutting of Thai constellation Monstera that wants to send it to me, just let me know. But, but by the way, we <laughs> we're still um, kind of geeked out about these things, but um, yeah, like, <laughs> Plants, like in that, whenever the the hype and the hysteria got to the the, the top, and we're selling mm-hmm. cuttings off of plants like that, you know, it's 
you don't get into bonsai and as far as working and managing a nursery and you're just like, this is it. I'm going to put this tree out there and this tree is X amount of money. And then you sit there like tapping your thumbs on the counter, waiting for someone to show up and buy this tree for this mm-hmm. amount of money that you're like, but I see these trees listed for this amount online everywhere, you know, yeah. and it comes with different degrees of, of expectations from consumers and also different degrees of reputation and, and mm. who you are. Um, so, and this is, this is not, if I ever go into this topic on future, like on this episode and also future episodes, I'm not talk, talking ill about anyone's, anyone else's practices. I of, am. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Carmen's got a lot of opinions. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to talk from the standpoint of they are also my like peers in the bonsai mm. world. I can never talk ill of anyone else that does anything in bonsai as far as selling trees, producing plants for bonsai. Uh, we're all in this together and we're all kind of, we're all running the same arm race to make a living out of it. So sometimes mm-hmm. I see things that are questionable and other times I see things that are, I'm like, wow, that's a great piece of material and I'll see a price on it and I'll be like, yeah, they have to sell that for way less than what I see it's mm-hmm. worth because there's a, there's a certain level of bonsai development that you can get to before the the price and the value of it diminishes into mm-hmm. just absurd. Like it's like art when it gets to the art level, how much is someone willing to pay for it? And that's where you have to separate that in your mind. If you're going to manage a bonsai nursery. Yeah. Um, is that everyone starts somewhere and everybody needs beginner materials. Everybody needs fertilizer and pots and plants and, and, mm-hmm. and soil and wire and tools and et cetera, et cetera. Those, those factors have to be all considered before you're like, I, I spent 20 hours wiring this juniper. Now it's worth this amount of money. And mm-hmm. that's all you did, you know, and that's the scary part about managing and running this, uh, well, my nursery for, for, you know, I like, that's, it's a good point for me is like, I could sit there and wire a juniper for somebody and spend three days doing it and then turn around and the nursery hasn't made a dime. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's this, there, there is that constant power struggle uh, for some reason, power struggles just in my, that's like a piece of my vocabulary. I just say it all the time. Um, but there's a struggle of, of balance. Like we were just discussing earlier with like fertilizer and water. It's like, there is a balance mm-hmm. there of maintaining the nursery, maintaining the plants and maintaining the customer base. That is mm-hmm. something that you have to constantly juggle. Um, it's really hard to do all of that on your own. And I mean, in, in Michael's situation here, Cotegas, it's, you know, we don't, we, we grow and care for plants, but we're more of an educational, um, a, a garden for education rather than a garden for sales. So we don't have that pressure of designing and styling and growing and prepping and trying to make ends meet for sales, you know, it's, but when you're doing all of those things, you, and just as one person, it's like, it's nearly impossible because running a nursery and being, uh, you know, the kind of the technical artist, are, it's two very different skill sets and you can have both of those skill sets, but how you balance between doing, you know, the artistic work versus just growing and caring for the plants, um, that can really determine how much you're making. Like, are you making money on sales this week or are you making money on clients and developing trees this week? You know, it's like, it's really, it's really tricky to do both things um, at the same time, especially just as one person. So. And this might be sensitive. um, For some people. Yeah. For some (laughs) people that pursue bonsai professionally, I, I don't hear a lot of bonsai professionals being, transparent about about having a comfortable living like making a living Mm, off mm -hmm. of bonsai right um usually it it is and usually it's kind of embellished in this like surface level of 
here's my trees that I've worked on. This is what I do. This is my mm-hmm. style. This is my, this is where I go whenever I, you know, do mm-hmm. bonsai and here you see me at this show. Here you see me meeting this person. Here you yeah. see this thing I did. Blah blah I'm blah. I'm over blah, here blah. Ha- shaking hands and kissing babies, and it's like that's <laughs> that's not. I mean, that's that's far from the truth of what it that's, is. Yeah, it's part of it, but that's that's the that's the marketing piece, I guess. That's showing mm-hmm. the nice side of it. There's yeah. a lot of other hard hard it's a small business management is kind of what it comes down to and kind of the one thing that i got into the nursery and i will like being transparent about it is as soon as i stepped through the doors of that nursery and i was handed the key and i went and and uh and doug was like you're the manager now and like the (laughs) door the door shut and i was sitting in this this like 10 acre nursery by myself god and i'm just like I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. And yeah. honestly, honestly, I sat there for almost a month mm-hmm. and I almost did nothing because I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I I talked to people that came in. I I trimmed some trees back that I was like, I know how I would treat this if it was my tree, but mm-hmm. I don't want to be one of those kind of guys that's like, oh, I'm gonna go and do all this and I didn't know that at the moment when I had started, I was like, you know, I was like still separating that in my mind mm-hmm. and, um, and oh my God, just the, the bookkeeping end of, I mean, I'm terrible at bookkeeping. Like if you think you're bad at you're keeping your finances in order, try, try running a small business. <laughs> it gets really out of hand if you're not good you with have finances. a program for it. Yeah. Which program do you use? We have uh, a living program called a bookkeeper. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, um, I, I know there's a couple of really useful programs. I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called, but you can like connect your business card directly to it and it'll mm. input all of that information and do a lot of the calculations and stuff for you. So you don't have to to do that. But yeah, it's one of those things that if you are able to afford you know, also having a bookkeeper, if you can't afford a bookkeeper, get a program to help like, mm-hmm. and as far as how we do things here, you know, I, I do a lot of the actual garden work and Michael does a lot of the administration, um, you know, back at the botanical gardens, luckily we have a whole, you know, a whole staff there so that, you know, you can be the horticulturist and other people do all the other stuff. Um, but yeah, a lot of bonsai nurseries are run by just one or two people. And so it's, it's you're, you're kind of stuck doing everything. And I think that's maybe one of the things that we've kind of run into here in the States is that over in Japan, you know, they've got all these different levels of bonsai nurseries where, you know, some nurseries just focus on pre-bonsai, some nurseries just grow whips, some nurseries just grow azaleas or just focus on, you know, certain things. And so there's mm-hmm. kind of a... Um, you can categorize it a lot easier with different professionals. Yeah, there's like a supply chain and here Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people doing everything on their own. And so I think as more people get into bonsai, I'm hoping that it becomes easier as more people focus just on growing or just on doing the design work or they have bigger operations where they have, you know, somebody, two or three people working the nursery and two or three people working on the trees or with clients or in the storefront or something. Because I think a lot of the struggle is that there's just everybody's operating so independently that everybody's getting burned out. Like, I mean, it, it just makes sense. Online presence helps a lot. That's one thing that we have to learn the hard way for the, for our nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there just has to be other revenues as well. Yep. Or for income. Diversify your revenue streams and yep. get people to help you. And don't turn down yep. any volunteer work. Volunteers are helpful if you can get people to help you. I mean, that's great, especially if you can exchange it for, you know, you're coming here to help, but as you're helping, you're learning. So it's almost like free education for them. Yeah. So yeah, take on volunteers, take on help from, I mean, some of them are, some people out there not as fortunate with this, but if you have guardian or a parent that can help you do other things. I know some, Mm -hmm. I've heard other people with small businesses 
like their mom or their dad will like run their books for them because yeah. we're still the kid. We don't know how to manage our money. So I've heard yeah. people having that happen. <laughs> mom, uh, help. That, that, that works out. I have a couple of friends uh, that are not in the boneside business that are here in Louisiana that I talk to about small business ventures. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a guy that owns a restaurant. I know a guy that runs a, a timber business and we, I see similarities in both of those businesses, including mm-hmm. mine. And it's just, that's kind of what it breaks down into. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's a little bit of a sensitive topic. It, it's not so much bonsai as, as we would like it to be, but managing yeah. a business is it, it still goes to say that like when you said the specialty thing, because I had a, I had a listener question for, uh, about Underhill and what it, what we are, I can kind of just give y'all a lowdown. And, uh, I like how, how, um, Carmen had said like, there's, there's like the different nurseries in Japan that have their specialties. And I think, uh, me and Mike had brought this up in some previous episodes too, as well about we're moving towards in, in the United States, this is we're moving towards a, a, a place where we're finally getting people who can specialize in things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like as far as I yeah, can we're tell, getting close. that's exciting. Yeah. As far as I can tell, we got Jonas is a, a really great Japanese black pine grower. Mm-hmm and technique provider Mm -hmm. in that species. Um, Michael is an outstanding like chochabai grower. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that um, the Weigerts, they, I mean, Eric is just a machine. That dude can do (laughs) everything tropical. He is Mm -hmm. kind of like the pioneer of just tropical species in America right now, I'm just gonna be honest. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Eric, for all the stuff that you've brought over here. Um, And I know there's a couple other people out there that I'm, you know, that we have, mm-hmm. I don't want to go into a list of just like, I'm not standing on the podium and like thanking all these people. Uh, but as far as Underhill goes, I would like to move the nursery more towards natives in my range, especially. And that's always been something I've kind of pushed on, but like obvious one is bald cypress. And um, no, 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 not at all. That, that species is, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm teasing. I, I think your bald cypress are awesome. And I, I love that you want to do a native plant focus. I think that's fabulous. Yeah. I mean, that's, I am just a Louisiana boy, like through and through. I, I don't have the Cajun accent. I don't have the country accent. I don't have the go fishing every weekend mentality, but there is something about the South east louisiana and united Mm -hmm. states that really like when i see bald cypresses and i see the elm tree varieties and um and we have a couple of other other species that are great but i focus on elm and bald cypress um Mm -hmm. and so i guess you could say that's what underhill's specialty is i've shipped bald cypresses and to just about every state that i can think of right now i've made online sales and sold cypresses to people in you know, and all the way from Maine to Washington to, you know, the other side of, of California. I mean, every coast of it, I've, I've sent trees out. So, uh, and I just wanted to say a few things about like, you know, bald cypress is just a big deal here because this is our native wetland. This is where they have qualities. And I think it has to do with water. Again, we're going to bring up the water thing again, just the way that they grow here is not, it's unlike anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, they yeah. grow, uh, the famous, what they're, what they're known for is they're buttressing and they're in the knees. They mm-hmm. don't really do that much other places from what I've seen. They don't do it in the way that they do here, especially young cypresses. There's, and those are the ones that we want to make bonsai out of. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that is it. Um, as far as, uh, what we were talking about, there's a couple of resources for bald cypress. Um, as far as that goes for, for me, I have me, me and a friend of mine, uh, you guys have heard his voice a few times, Nate Murray. Uh, he has the boot bone side. You can go over Instagram, check him out. Uh, he is a very talented Yamadori collector for bald cypress. Some of the stuff that he's pulled recently just blows my mind because um, I haven't, I haven't been out collecting this year coming up. I'm going to be collecting water elm and, um, and uh, bald cypress this year. And it's just going to be like, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to, tell my guy gavin uh that that's that runs the nursery um um when i'm not there i'm just telling tell him gavin look there's gonna be like a month where i'm gonna be out collecting trees 
you know, doing my thing. Mm -hmm. That's that's something I haven't been back to in a while, something I miss a lot. So yeah, the Yamadori specialty and, and Southeast natives. Uh, and speaking of water elm, water elm is actually a new passion uh, of mine because I shared in the Discord the other day a, uh, a water elm. It's going to be uh, Planaria aquatica. It's it's not a true elm, but it's in the elm. Etho, it, it's in the ethos. Yeah, e it's like it's like hackberries are not elms, but they are. Right. Yeah. And hornbeams, and mm -hmm. um, so it's it's called water elm because it is a tree very similar to the bald cypress, where you can live the majority of its life uh, submerged. And uh, in fact, I have a collected water elm that is about 15 years old from time of collection to now. I uh, submitted it to the national show. Um, I think I talked about this. I submitted it also to uh, Denver, the ABS show. That same tree got into the national show, the eighth uh, U.S. national ex uh, expedition this year. So expect to see me there with that tree. It's what, a, in um, three weeks? Oh, no. Two weeks? Uh, it is see the time of recording of this of this episode. I leave next weekend to drive oh, yeah. up. And oh, you have to drive. To That's right. You have to drive. Yeah, one two weeks. So two weeks. Oh my technically, god. Yeah, you're you you have the the uh the the what is it the the pleasure of flying. I have the pleasure <laughs> of flying. Yeah. So yeah, have fun with that. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? A is like a six hour flight for you. Yeah. Um, which is still, I mean, I dread oh. six hour flights to Portland, uh, when I go up there to <laughs> see you guys, but yeah, but it's a 20 hour drive. It was a yeah. 10 hour drive to Denver. It's a 20 hour drive to nationals. I did it two years ago with a, with a winged elm, a, uh, Umus, uh, Aleda that I presented. So every time that I present trees, I always make sure to be like this native tree is it's, it's. It's the stuff. It's the, I mean, we're, we're late enough into the episode now um, that I can say, you know, it's the, sh you, know, you know, like, I'm like, this <laughs> cool. is what I want to like show. That a lot. Um, yeah. Are you going to have the same Kusumono with it? Yes. I'm going to be using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sweet. I can't wait to see it. I'm going to be using, it's a collection of carnivorous plants. It's um, Saracenia ground pitcher uh, or pale pitchers is what they're, you know, called. And then um, Venus flytrap, which is mm -hmm. Dorsalia, I think. I can't remember. It can't starts remember. with a D. Yeah. And then there's uh, sundews. I think the mm. Dorsalia is, the, is actually the sundew. Uh, Venus flytrap oh, is some Drusera, other. Oh, Drusera, right? Yeah, Drusera. Drusera? Yeah, that's, that, that sounds right. Uh, nomenclature is just however you pronounce it. You could say it completely wrong and yeah. as long as it's the way you understand it. Um, but yeah, the reason why I use those guys is because they are natives to Louisiana. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people are like, oh, Venus flytrap. What is that like? Like that came from like the rainforest. I'm like, no. Yeah, no, it came from Louisiana. It, it came from Louisiana. They, they exist all the way up into North Carolina is like actually more of their, where you'll see them more. They actually were very prominent here in Louisiana until um, something wonderful that, and I'm, I'm saying this completely in irony, uh, mm -hmm. when they spray ditches with herbicides, Ugh. please stop. If there's somebody out there, which no one's listening to a bonsai podcast, that's like in the, <laughs> in the pest control and herb herbaceous control of, of, you know, Louisiana is just like, Oh, maybe I should stop spraying everything and destroying ecosystems. Um, that that's part of the reason why people don't know anymore because of how sensitive those are. We've per we were spraying, herbicide into our ditches we're eradicating sundews and and uh and uh our pale pitchers and our fly traps fly traps would be here they're a lot more sensitive than than pitcher plants so they're gone mm -hmm. stop spraying herbicides like that but uh but i yeah I, I chose to use those because they reflect a a uh, marshland or a still water environment that water elms could be found in mm -hmm. um there's freshwater movement in there i know i've had some arguments about people with that um not arguments i didn't get into heated debates about freshwater versus uh stagnant marshland uh because there's uh there's different degrees of of uh, ecosystem I forgot what it's mm -hmm. called uh biodiversities in the different types and yeah anyway that's another whole science episode mm -hmm. but yeah i'm choosing to go with louisiana natives louis uh as far as the plant 
goes for the kusamono and the bonsai. And also I make sure that when I use a bonsai stand, I always use a American, uh, especially uh, South America, like not South, South American, but South uh, United States uh, woodworker. That's or, cool. So who's your stand maker? Um, I had me, my, my first one was by my grandfather, which is kind of, oh, cool. it's kind of interesting because he used to be a cabinet builder. Like that was his, that was his thing. Like he, he grew up in a different time where you could just start up a cabinet building business and then you just like lived your life on that. Now it's a little bit more challenging, uh, to do those type of things. I know people like, like I was just mentioned earlier, my buddy that runs a, a timber business, like he makes a living selling timber for, for, for houses to build houses, you know, luxury homes with, but, um, but my grandfather used to build cabinets and then, uh, he got old and can't throw lumber like he used to. So now he builds hmm. guitars. Um, he actually trained himself to become a, uh, was it a Luth, uh, luthier? I can't remember the official name for somebody who builds, uh, stringed instruments. Oh. But he, he cool. self-taught in both of those Holy aspects. Cow. Um, he's also a self-taught um, bluegrass instrumental. It's like oh, he can sweet. play guitar and banjo and like he's very talented. And so he built, uh, I said, I'm going to nationals for the first time. I want to represent Louisiana and, you know, my family background and heritage. And he's like, okay, I got you. And he built, he proceeded to build like five bonsai stands. Oh my God. <laughs> I had a pick. So, uh, oh, grandpa. Yeah. yeah. So he built them and he said, and he said, I, not only did I make five of them for you, but also I made five of them. So you never asked me to do this again because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like it. He, he likes building guitars more. Um, and I then love my your grandpa, yeah, he's a funny guy. Um, and then my water elm is, it was, it's a loner from, uh, from Dawn Ketting, who's also presenting mm. trees at the show this, this year. She's presenting an Ellie Agnes. Um, a portricaria afra and a uh, nia. It's a nia tropical oh, wow. nia, and all of those cool. trees are just knock out of the park. They're great plants. I've had uh, opportunity to work with all of them with her, um, and she. They're all medium size, but she's really good with medium size and like mm -hmm. right right around the showhin and medium size bone size. She does a great job with those compact nice. fat little trees. I kind of get that. I kind of mm -hmm. get my taste in the fat short trees from her too. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, so she was a loner from her. It's a, it's purely, it's made out of pure mahogany. Um, wow. And I can't remember the stand maker's name, but I'll get it for later. Whenever it's presented in the, um, in the show for the national album, you can go in there and read about it. Mm -hmm. um, if I, I'm probably going to forget. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, the nursery, back to the nursery, uh, just to kind of round it out and then we'll, uh, we can pick up talking about bonsai nursery management and running with Mike uh, later on. Um, I know as far as bald cypresses go too, I'm going to have Randy Bennett on. I'm hoping to have him yeah. on the next episode. Cool. Um, yep. Very cool. And so for you guys who don't know, um, oh, I shared that thing and I talk in circles a lot. Um, so I shared the thing in the Patreon and the, uh, in the discord. And it was this picture of, a von banting water elm and i found a picture of it in uh outstanding american bonsai and this was back in the um i think it was i, I think it was issue number one of bonsai today 1989 wow. um and there was this chapter where they just went through and they were like these are outstanding trees by up-and-coming bonsai artists in america <laughs> um and one of uh there was quite a few in there that if you go back and look there, some of these people that haven't passed away, um, oh, well, most of them have, unfortunately, but, uh, but yeah, you'll still see those names pop up today. And one of those was Von Banting and Von Banting is very important to, uh, Southeast Louisiana. He was the pioneer and, and, and coined the term flat top bald cypresses. Mm. Um, he was the, he started the, um, the greater New Orleans bonsai society. I can't remember the exact year. I think it was 1967. I'm probably wrong. Um, but he started it way back in the cut. Um, he brought in, he was one of the first guys to really get in there and start doing bonsai at that golden age of North American bonsai when we were starting to learn 
you know, we're starting to get translations from that's when Kimura su submitted his first bonsai article to bonsai today. And it was the first translation of an article that people mm -hmm. could just get their hands on a magazine and read it and be like, Oh crap. Like this guy's performing magic over here, but it's, you know, you, you see the techniques and they're explained. You're like, Oh, I can do that. Mm -hmm. and so people started practicing these things and, uh, and Vaughn, I know we're running long, but this is just, I, I think we just go long today. Um, just but, keep uh, going. yep. Just keep going. Uh, we've asked for longer episodes. Here you go. Uh, but Vaughn was, um, Vaughn, Vaughn was one of the first guys to bring in other bonsai professionals to, to a club like ours. Uh, and of course I wasn't around for the, at this time, but, um, he had John Naka and Ben Oki and even had, uh, Kimura come in mm, for when wow. Mark, when he was doing his early touring in, in America. Um, there's a picture of Kimura and um, and Von Banting. I sent it to you, Carmen. Uh, yeah, I saw that story. one. That was in that Bald Cypress group, right? Um, did that get shared there? Because I think I saw it, it on Facebook too. It did, yeah. Um, and it's just amazing, you know, to see these old pictures. And it's Kimura like in his like early 30s and Von mm -hmm. Banting in his like 20s, just standing there hanging out together. And like, and you look at this picture, the, that picture and you see, there's no trees zoomed in on, but you can tell from Vaughn's collection, he cared very well for his trees. Like he had some mm -hmm. very nice trees for what he had. Um, and so that, that image was shown in Bonsai Today is outstanding Bonsai. And I was like, wow, I had no idea it was this, this big of a deal. Like it was, you know, like it's because Bonsai wasn't a big deal back in, in like, the early days like it was a big deal right. but it was it wasn't what it is it was not what it is now you right know, we're talking about earlier with people with online platforms like bonsai today was the magazine you read to get information about bonsai mm -hmm. in america and that was it um you could get pu like publications and stuff uh, and books and stuff from other people that were putting out books at that time but uh but yeah so you see von banting's water elm and it, it made me feel a certain way when i was like I, I want to show this water elm even more and I want mm -hmm. to build more water elms because he was not only known for bald cypress, he was known for water elms because he was also one of the first people to pull water elms out and make, and make bonsai out of them. Um, bald cypresses had been made into, into bonsai for several years, maybe since, you know, maybe a century before that. I'm sure people had tried their hand at bald cypress. Um, but, but like water elms were kind of like the buttonwoods with Mary Madison. They were, Mm -hmm. just really understudied no one was really messing with them they were they were a species that was kind of looked at weird they're like what is that i don't know it's just mm -hmm. some, some trash tree that grows along the coast um and so you know and seeing that tree just it hits differently because i looked up in the national show what other water elms have been shown and the only other water elm that was shown was somebody who had purchased his tree when he had passed there was another water elm by von banting that was shown at nationals and this was i think back in cool. the fifth or fourth and i was like i you know i'm very happy being there and so um and and i remember talking i talked to some people and they're like i don't have species to have them just because i'm trying to collect them all right um but for me it's more of a personal thing for these native species so yeah that's kind of i love feel. <laughs> i love working with native species and i think there's a ton of them that just haven't been utilized and i think a lot of it is because there's there's nobody who's worked with it before and so it's it's a lot easier to work with the species that people have worked with for 50 years you know like everybody knows how to well not everybody but people there's people who know how to grow juniper there's people who know how to grow japanese maple trident maple like these have been mm. used for a long time if you pull up a, a witch hazel like okay people might not know how to grow you know it's the, and a lot of like, people can't even identify which that. hazel there's yeah it's like okay and oaks which are starting to become a thing but like what about surface berry or oh my god um, surface berry is awesome it's one of my favorite shrubs of all time i'm gonna do a deep dive into them and start growing a bajillion bonsai of them um but all these other native species like there's there's just no there's no playbook so people don't explore with them or they do they grow them for two or three years and then decide they don't work as bonsai because you really you need more than two or three years to work with something to um mm. really figure out how to grow it i have a friend who's working on big leaf maple um Ooh, interesting yeah it, 
and cottonwoods and um you wouldn't necessarily think those work well for bonsai but let me tell you something Mm. um they do so it's all this all this experimentation you have to give it time you have to be patient you have to try different things and um again that's kind of where the the whole horticultural aspect comes into it um Mm -hmm. yeah let's do bonsai hort 101 yep i think we should definitely do that that's something that uh we're ever approaching the 50th episode of this podcast. Um, oh, that's right. We've got seven more to go. What are we doing for 50? I forgot. Tell me, well, tell me, tell me. We're doing teasers. We're not oh. just going to come out and say it. Okay. Well, you'll have to text <laughs> me later. Tell me what we're doing because yeah. I forgot. Uh, we have a general idea of what we're doing. Ooh, uh, but, I love but, I love general idea. Yeah, um, exactly. For all you um, uh, How I Met Your Mother fans. Um, but yeah, so as far as, and just kind of, go back and then we'll uh we'll we'll start to do the the ending uh remarks of this episode um just to refer back when the reason why i mentioned vaughn and i mentioned the water elm is because randy um was was directly trained by vaughn and so Mm -hmm. um and so was so was guy gidry guy gidry is also um a pretty uh pretty big person when it comes to bald cypress bonsai he has trees in the national arboretum as well as von banting um and so the uh randy is kind of he's one of these outlier uh bonsai artists that a lot of people are not aware of because he spent the majority of his life being a uh a school principal as opposed to the traveling bonsai artist he doesn't mean that he's not as good as some of uh some of the other people in his like from his time of, of learning bonsai. So I really wanted to feature Randy. Um, and he's currently writing a book. The manuscript is basically Ooh. done cool. for the most part. Uh, he just, he's looking for publishing. Uh, I know publishing is really challenging. Um, and he'll essentially have the, the bald cypress bonsai book. And oh, that's sweet. So I, I know we're going to try to talk about that a little bit. Um, so hopefully I'll have him on the next episode and also we'll have to continue this talk with, uh, Mike about, uh, managing and running bonsai nurseries. Cause he's worked with the Weigerts. I know a lot of people are interested in that. Um, so I think we kind of brought up earlier our bonsai word of the week. We, we talked about, um, and we talked a lot about watering. Um, and so that word that we're going to talk about today um you have it carmen i oh, didn't... i have it yeah, our I... word of the week is hamezu and this is when you um water the leaves and the top of the tree with a focus more on that than on your soil and um this is something that you know a lot of people don't water the leaves of their trees, which generally is good practice because it's a really good way to spread funguses um, and other pathogens. However, especially when it's Mm. hot, uh, it's a great way to cool down your trees. If they don't need a full soaking, Um, you can go through and, you know, water the tops of your trees, let a little bit of it go into your soil, kind of just refresh the tree overall. Um, and I've started doing this a lot more, especially over the summertime here, um, in the spring and the fall when it's cool and rainy, definitely no, because, you know, fungal pathogens spread like wildfires. Um, Mm. but when it's hot out, it's a great way to refresh your tree, especially kind of in the middle of the day, um, watering your, your leaves and just a little bit of the soil just to, you know, increase humidity, cool things off. Um, and it also is really helpful for spraying off pests like spider mites and, um, you know, any other little bugs that might be on there, a heavy spray of water, which different than Hamizu, actually, um, you'll want a heavier spray for something like spider mite, but, um, but yeah, it can be, it can be beneficial in more than one way. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, kind of goes back on the, um, the conversation we had about water earlier and mm-hmm. and i mean i hear i hear a lot of people get into it and say don't water the top of your tree water the soil instead and uh and sometimes general, you water. yeah yeah in general yes but however i think they do a lot more hamizu in in japan um and i think when it's hot out it's it's 
oftentimes a good thing to do if if you don't if you know you have a fungal pathogen in your yard maybe skip it but it can be a really helpful thing to do for your trees especially when it's super hot yeah yeah yep awesome yep yep, yep. go use that uh what, what was the the word again Hamizu, H-A-M-I-Z-U, the act of moistening leaves with water. Hamizu is done to replenish the water for leaves and adjust their surface temperature. Yep. Thanks, Google. Yep, thanks, Google, and uh, and thanks, uh, Michael Hagedorn for using Yeah, that. yeah, I was, I was taught that here by Mr. Michael Hagedorn. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and start wrapping it up. Um, so, okay, bye. No, no, not yet. Okay. <laughs> I know uh, we, we ran a little long on this one. There was a lot of things that I feel like uh, I kind of just was going to get out really quick, but uh, now that we're going to get to the end of it here, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Laurent uh, Dario. Uh, he's going to be in the United States very soon. Uh, this is important because a lot of our listeners here in the United States, this is a great opportunity to learn from somebody who has a very unique and very uh, cutting edge um, design and style called uh, Burton style. Yep. And Mike has recently released his his touring schedule on his face on Mike's Facebook. You go over to Mike Lane's Facebook and you go to August 16th, uh, his post there. You can get more in detail here. I'm not going to break it down to every single place that he's going to be. He will be in Florida in September. On uh, the 14th, he's going to be in Fort Myers, and he'll be there until the 16th. He'll go to St. Peter's and then uh, St. Petersburg, and then he's going to he's going to hang out and he's going to travel through a couple of other towns. I don't like I said, I'm not going to go too too much details, but I see DNL Boneside Nursery on here. I see uh, Shazley's. Wow, sorry. Uh, I'm not going to try it. Uh, but there's more bonsai nurseries down there, very well-known bonsai nurseries um, that that are going to be hosting him. Then he's going to go to New England. Uh, he's going to be part of quite a few things here. Uh, he's got a lot of different uh, places he's going to be stopping for, uh, for some events and for some bonsai clubs. And then in October... Uh, starting on the 2nd to the 4th uh, for New England, that was going to be the 23rd to the 1st. Uh, in October uh, 2nd to the 4th, uh, he's going to be in the, in Louisiana. We're going to be having him at Underhill. He'll be there working uh, with me, uh, and then we'll have workshops on the 5th and the 6th at Underhill Boneside. You can sign up for that, work with them. We're full on Thursday and Friday still has like two slots left. We are very limited on that right now. Um, and then I believe on Tuesday, I, I've missed mentioning that, but on Tuesday, he'll be at the Baton Rouge Boneside Club. And then over the weekend, uh, he will be, he'll be with us there. Uh, then he'll be in California. He's going to be at a lot of places. Uh, California, he's going to be at the uh, Los Angeles and Country Pri Private uh, with uh, Kimura Bonsai Nursery. Uh, and then he's going to go up to Seattle. So California. I got to try to see him when he's up in at Pacific Bonsai. Yep. I got to try to get up there. Yep. Seattle, he's going to be with David uh, David DeGrout um, at the Pacific Bonsai Museum. Also uh, with He's going to be with Mariah and Ryan Neal. And then it looks like uh, from there, it's just kind of, things are just kind of getting announced as they're going to go. So this is an amazing opportunity. Uh, I, the reason why I mention it is because it's not very, it's not common for someone to travel overseas and teach bonsai anymore. It, it used to be a very common thing when Japanese artists would come over and teach. Uh, now with the internet, people have found it just easy just to share their content and make videos and just kind of hang out. Uh, not a lot of people are traveling like this. So definitely check Laurent out. He's definitely worth checking out. He's classically trained in Japanese bonsai. Uh, he's developed it into his Burton style. Awesome work. Very amazing work. And also to note, um, Mike has them and I will have them as well. I'll have cosmic bonsai, his, his, his books that have been translated to English for the first time, uh, I think, like last year, I think they've got English translations. They're sold over here in the States now. You can get them uh, without having to pay crazy shipping fees and stuff like that. And he'll be in those locations. I would get them signed 
because they are short run. Uh, mm-hmm. they, he does he doesn't have a lot of resources to get them reprinted as often as you would like. So I would recommend getting a book and getting it signed if you're a bonsai fan, like a like you know like like a poke fan, like a bonsai fan. Um, so I would just say this is a great opportunity to learn and have that. Um, so and if you've listened this far into the show. Um, and it's just so your first sorry. Story. No, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say is like, if you listen this far into the show and this is your first time listening, sorry, but also thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you would like to support us, uh, me, uh, Carmen, let's get, uh, let's go VNT. I used to be able to not pronounce her name, but now we're here. Uh, Mike Lane, uh, we all have separate social media accounts that you can follow. But uh, if you want to support the show first and foremost up front, uh, you want to go to patreon.com forward slash little things for bonsai people, become a uh, bonsai best bud for $5, only five bucks. And you can get into the discord. You can chat with us. You can submit listener questions and comments and critiques. Um, mm-hmm. You can also um, just become a bo- uh, like just a bonsai supporter, just a general supporter, general supporter uh, for $1. And just support us if that's all you got. That's great. Um, and if that and if money is not really a thing for you, and you're just like, yeah, I'd just rather just listen to these guys, please follow us. Please share our episodes. Like and follow whatever you're listening on. Um, you can go over to underhillbonesai.com. Go check out some of my stuff. I got go check out the store. So yeah, you can go over go over to underhillbonesaistore.com. See what we got for sale there. Um, I'm trying to keep it updated. I just got a bunch of willow pots, South African potter from, you know, pretty well known at this point, uh, really good pots. We just uploaded all those. Go check out all that stock. We just uploaded saying that because me and Gavin worked really hard to put 300 plus pots in the inventory and online. So, um, and then for, uh, just, just shout out for Mike You can go over to ketsunebonsai.com. Mike is a professional bonsai artist in South Florida. He lives in Fort, Fort Myers or he's located in Fort Myers more like. Uh, he travels up and down the state doing private studies and lessons and classes and workshops. And Mike's a very busy guy. He even goes to Texas and he does show him work, uh, work studies with people in, in bonsai clubs in Texas and in Louisiana. He started picking up Louisiana classes for show Uh, he's doing, he's doing the Lord's work in bonsai. Um, <laughs> and then for Carmen, you can say what, uh, for purple pot society and whatnot. Oh, sure. Yes. You can follow me. Uh, my personal Instagram is uh, becoming bonsai. And uh, you can also follow the Purple Pot Society, which is the National Women's Bonsai Group, uh, of which I am a co-founder. Um, we're on Instagram at the Purple Pot Society, uh, purplepotsociety.org. Um, and let's see. Hmm. Hmm. And I think that's it. <laughs> That's uh, that's that's enough shouting out. Where else out. am I? I don't know. <laughs> I I think just now, uh, because mm-hmm. becoming bone size kind of your your thing that you'll stick with, so you can see the future of your work there. I'm assuming. Yep. Yeah. That'll um, be. <clears throat> sorry. Ugh, I need more coffee. I guess. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you can find me personally. Uh, I post most of my my stuff there. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of animal pictures. Yeah. Some bonsai. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, thank, thank you guys for listening and we'll catch up with you all in the next one then bye